0: Okay, welcome to episode 33 of the God's Own Scale podcast, hot on the heels of episode 32, which was only released yesterday, and most unusually, um, this episode will likely be released at some point prior to midnight GMT plus one Um, (laughs) and my guest is is having a laugh because uh, we discussed this earlier on but this is the uh, podcast talking about the Hannibal versus Rome uh, Kickstarter STL file Kickstarter by Warprint and I have Felix with me. Hi Felix how are you? Hi Sean I'm very good how are you? I'm excellent and congratulations! You are the first German on the podcast.
1: Well, that that's an honor. I hope.
0: Yes, no, no, absolutely. As uh, we as I discussed with you in the um, uh, pre-ramble, I'm a big fan of Germany and the country, and the food, and the wine, and the people. So uh, that's pretty uh, all-encompassing, isn't it? But uh, uh, that will tell you I am a big fan of Germany.
1: <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard a lot of people. Uh Praising the food, but I guess. Oh if you go to the right on. Areas, <laughs> Come
0: <laughs> on! The food is gorgeous. I love the food. It's one of the highlights of my my trips over there. Especially uh, when we stay with friends, uh, and we we have a barbecue and get people from the local village round, and oh, it's it's magnificent. Don't do it to disservice. I don't. I'm not so sure in Berlin, which is where you are. I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. I, and as I mentioned. Uh, in our communi- earlier communication, I've st- been to Berlin once when I stayed in an Australian hotel and ate uh, crocodile for the first time, which is a slightly odd thing to yeah. do in, in Germany. Not, not,
1: not typical German food, but <laughs> I, I think that's, on the other hand, typic, typical for Berlin that
0: you can uh, get okay. anything. Yes, very co- uh, cosmopolitan. Uh, it was very close to uh, Checkpoint Charlie. The hotel was. It was a few years ago now, but um, sort of that that sort of region of the city. But it was beautiful, and we had a great time there. Um, but we aren't to talk. Aren't here to talk about my holidays or my trips to your fantastic country. We're here to talk about wargaming hobby and a Kickstarter uh, that yourself and a friend have running at the moment, which is Lucas, I think, isn't it? Your colleague. Yes. Yes. Um, before we get into that, I would always like to have a little bit of a chat about uh, the guest's hobby background and, and what got you to the stage where you are producing uh, STL files for people to print out these magnificent figures. So w- what brought you into the hobby, Felix?
1: Well, it was really Lucas, I would say. So um, I haven't been doing Wargaming very long, um, more like a year now, a bit more than a year. And um, I was always interested in history, even when I was a child and my parents um, are both working or were both working in in school. So they had a lot of vacation with us children and we traveled a lot lot around and visited a lot of historical sites all over Europe. And I was always interested. But on the other hand, my parents were also kind of, let's say, uh, pacifists. Peace in a way yes. uh, maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so playing war was never like was uh-huh. very very uh um n- not a thing that was uh allowed let's yes. say in our yes. in our house um yeah but and and so i never really got into it when i was a child or in my youth but um i was always interested and uh more recently uh yeah lucas kind of uh Talked to me over Christmas, and he was like, Don't you think that it would be interesting? and so on. And then he has this way of um, getting you enthusiastic about stuff. Okay. And um, so we basically uh, started with uh, Black Seas from Warlord Games, which yep. is like a, a naval uh, wargaming in the Age of Sail Napoleonic era. And yeah, from there it all went downhill very quickly, or uphill more. So, so I'm I'm kind of in the last year with lockdown and everything. I was kind of trying to catch up in a way on all the things that I've missed, and um, yeah, now I have uh, built several armies. And uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's it's a it's a slippery slope, Felix. That once you get onto it, it's very difficult to stop that momentum. Yeah, where, it, where before long you, you own your own body weight in, in metal and plastic.
1: And, and especially because now with, with working from home, uh, I basically had two more hours that I would normally spend in the, in the train. Yes. And so I could all spend off all of that painting and printing and whatever. Yes. (laughs) And then then also my, my roommate, uh, kind of in a coincidence at the same time, uh, decided that it was time to pick up uh, Warhammer 40 K again, that he played, uh, in, um, when he was younger and, uh, so I've started that as well. And then we decided to get a 3D printer and that's where the 3D printing came in.
0: Okay, so have, have you got an artistic background at
1: all, Felix? No, no, not, not at all. I'm a computer scientist more or less. So uh, I mean, I'm, yeah.
0: Okay, so um, I'm sure that computer science helps out on the in the technological aspects of it, but uh, uh, you, it isn't yourself creating these ST, STL files then?
1: Well, so, um, Lucas, he's, um, let's say working in 3d modeling and, um, does a lot of stuff. He also does, um, reconstruction of, uh, faces from, um, skulls basically, um, and, and all kinds of things. And, um, so he is really the um, artist let's say when this comes to the 3d modeling but on the other hand um i i also for my work so i'm uh sign working in science and there we have to do a lot of graphics and uh, so i'm i know my my way around the computer pretty well and i also know how to use this kind of software for producing these things and so then um, if you have someone who teaches you a bit, then it's pretty easy to get into um, the easier parts of the 3D modeling, you know, just creating a sword or something which has a
0: clear uh, a form, then that's not that hard. Sure. Okay, we'll, we'll get onto the Kickstarter shortly and, and the aims of it, but uh, just a bit more then about your, your own hobby and your own background, just to get you to know you a bit more so uh, what's the wargaming scene like in germany at the moment
1: well i i wouldn't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah as i said i I only started um started a year ago and um yeah all this time it wasn't really possible to do a lot of uh, in-person gaming uh, especially like in the club or something. But I think in general, it's uh, much less um, frequent than in the UK, I would say. And um, I think a lot of Germans also, you know, I described this attitude from my parents before. And I think with all the difficult things in the past of Germany, um, people are not always very, um, yeah, very interested in getting into that too too much. And, you know, uh For example, like playing Second World War uh, as a German sometimes is a bit, I mean, people do it and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but a lot of people will have a certain amount of hesitation to get into that, Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, from my experience um, over the years, I know that the fantasy and science fiction genres have been uh, quite strong within Germany um, across uh, the Games Workshop. Uh, games and Privateer Press and, and a few other companies. Um, but there's certainly one or two very good historical war gaming podcast, uh, sorry, uh, YouTube channels uh, from Germany uh, at the moment, which are well worth looking at. But so you, you said you've now got several armies. So you started off the Black Seas. So what else is it that you've got at the moment?
1: Uh, well, I started a Prussian army for the seven years war in six millimeter. But um, and I, I did A lot of it, but then I kind of, uh, you know, got distracted by other things. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That that is a
0: sign that you're a true wargamer, Felix, that (laughs) you get halfway through a project and then something else comes along and you think, oh, that's shiny. I need to do that. (laughs) You're a natural, my friend.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Then, uh, as I said, uh, 40k. um, What else? Recently, I'm working on a um, musket and tomahawk um, oh, yeah, project. Yeah. So for for the musket and tomahawk rules, uh, some French and some uh, Native Americans. And um, then I tried uh, to get my girlfriend into uh, playing with me as well. And, and she does that sometimes, but I, I thought there might be something where she's more interested in. And it's uh, called Boros and Badgers. Oh, yes. I don't yeah, know yeah. if you've heard of it. It has this kind yeah. of anthropological, um animals yes. and then it's kind of this uh, fictional kind of medieval renaissance northern english uh, um, area and uh, it's very sm- small scale just yes. like a few figures like six to ten figures yeah um, but very very nice figures they are beautiful aren't they yeah they really are nice
0: yeah and so she's taken an interest in that has she
1: well, she's constantly beating me, and uh, since this is like a, a, it's terrible, you know it's like uh, I played uh, a test game of musket and tomahawks with her, and she always goes just goes like, "Oh, um I activate this unit and I shoot at you and and then all my people die and um, it's, <laughs> well um, felix
0: felix, your your secret is safe with me." Uh, nobody will hear this, so yeah, and the worry. internet, and the yes, just one or two people on the internet, maybe. <laughs> but so uh, that's gr- that's great that you you've got your partner involved. Um, the, there can be sometimes uh, a, a clash of opinion over this hobby with our significant others uh, within our lives uh, as as to the value of war gaming and and uh, tabletop miniature gaming. But uh, to get your partner involved is, is uh, you need to be applauded for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I I try, and uh, I I don't know. I think most of the time she just plays uh, to um, um, do something with me, and that makes me happy. But uh, still,
0: uh, (laughs) apart from when you lose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes, you know, um, it's it's good that you spend time together, and I'm I'm sure with some practice, Felix, uh, she'll she'll show you the ropes, and uh, you'll. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the the main uh, object of this podcast is to talk about this Kickstarter then. So um, yourself and your friend Lucas uh, got together and decided it was a good idea to um, come up with uh, this Kickstarter for small-scale miniatures, and uh, I'll put the link up in the show notes obviously to the Kickstarter, which has still got five and a half, six days to go, but it's titled Hannibal versus Rome STL files for small scale miniatures. So, uh, why don't you take the listeners uh, through the journey that you've been on to get to this stage?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so um, Lucas, he, uh, as I said, he's uh, more of does more of the modelling side, and he also has some other um, figures that he already did for twenty eight millimeters. Uh, for um, the Seven Years' War, I guess, British. And he already sold these um, files over the internet and made a little bit of money with that. And um, so we had this kind of in the back of our mind that this was possible. And then we were looking for another project that we could do. And I always was fascinated with Hannibal, um, especially, I'm, I had a book when I was a child about that, that uh was kind of this um historical novel from for 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 young people and that really got me into it and um so I was always interested in this and we were thinking about and brainstorming what could be could be cool projects and then we said okay what what about ancients we hadn't none of us had done that yet and I suggested Hannibal and then we were looking at what figures are available and the problem when you're in germany and you want to buy figures is always that you normally have to order them in the uk especially when it comes to uh, small scale because there are some shops in germany of course that, that sell figures but most of the time this will be 28 you know the more um, popular stuff yes and um now we have this problem with brexit now that if we order stuff in the uk then it gets stuck in customs and um in fact, I think Lucas is still waiting for a delivery um, from um, Games Workshop that he ordered in January, and it's still still oh, stuck stuck in wow. customs. Oh no! <laughs> and and so we went like, okay, well, I mean, we can do some modeling, and we have three D printers, and so we can just print the figures ourselves. That that should be fine. And so we basically just started this, and then we had the models, and we thought, well, we could try to. Give them to other people, and maybe they will give us some money for them. And yeah, that that's kind of how this all happened.
0: Okay, so you've got the idea, and uh, the idea that you're going to uh, make these files available, and people will pay you for them, which must be great uh, <laughs> to make some uh, some money from it. But um, the There's a big move from the idea stage to actually putting something out there because I'm looking on the web page now, the Kickstarter page, and there are, uh, I don't know how many different sculpts you've got, but there's a lot of different models and um, nationalities uh, and, and different troop types available. So clearly there's been a heck of a lot of work that has gone on from that initial idea stage to where you are now.
1: Yeah, it, it always helps when you actually want to have some models yourself, right? Then yeah. you're, you're like kind of very motivated. And, and we basically decided pretty quickly that uh, Lucas wanted to play the Romans and I wanted to play the Carthaginians. Yes. And then we kind of had our, um, our, um, yeah, how, how we wanted to, um, um split up the work basically so that that i would do the carthaginians and he would to do the the romans and then we basically started to um look into what what rules we wanted to use and what basis we would need for that and the the usual and um we started to research a little bit into the um the history of it and i mean we're not not experts by any stretch but you know you you get into the topic and you look at what you need which which uh kind of units and um yeah that that's kind of and then we just we just went with it and just started modeling and um yeah i mean the the um the idea is still that, you know, I, I cannot model an elephant, you know, okay. that's, that's far beyond my abilities, but I needed an elephant. And then Luca said, okay, I can do that. And then he made an elephant. And then I started to model the, the, add the figures on the top and think about what, um, what uh, equipment that sh- should have and so on. And yes. yeah, then that's just, um, how the whole range started to, um, appear then. Yeah. And then, with the carthaginians the thing is that they they uh, picked up a lot of allies on their way to italy right and yes. um so then we had to, to think about what we needed and especially there would be the iberians um that they recruited early on and all the uh celtic or, or gaul people that um, joined them and so on and the romans of course also had their allies in italy or, or let's say vessels and um so yeah, we, then we just decided that we needed all of them and uh, then we built them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you make it sound uh, about as easy as sort of catching a bus uh, when, in actual fact, um, the research and design of this, um, I, I imagine, has taken many, many long hours to do. What, what sort of time frame are we talking about from... Uh, having the idea to first, to get into the point now where you've got all of these different sculpts, different nationalities, What how, how long is it taking you to get to this point? Yeah,
1: we were thinking about that as well, and and we weren't so sure anymore because, you know, there's this, this side project, you just start at them and then you work a little bit on them on the evening and so on. And yeah. But a few months, I, I think like at the beginning of the year sometime we came up with the idea.
0: Because th- this is a first for you both, isn't it? Um, I know you're saying that um, Lucas has uh, done a little bit of this before in the, in the larger scale, but it's the first Kickstarter that you've launched. Yeah. And uh, the first figures that you've sculpted uh, or 3D sculpted um, or created the ST files, STL files for, rather, um, in what is intended to be in the smaller scales, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, th- tell us a bit about the the reasoning behind that. Then that the the title of the Kickstarter is uh, small scale miniatures, and I think the sweet spot is six to ten mil, isn't it? Yeah. So, so, I, so what was the decision uh, to aim at that sort of range of uh, size of figures?
1: Well, um, it's always a question. I, I think if you if you want to do big battles there's really no way around uh going small scale because i I always think um to me at least i don't like it if if uh, a big regiment of of uh, infantry is uh, represented by six or eight figures and and they are like super big you know if you do it in 28 tall i mean if you do it in like 28 millimeter you always have this problem that the ground scale and the figure scale don't match up if you want to play a big battle.
0: This is music to my ears. Yeah, I thought that you might uh, not not need much convincing. No, 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 no. It's music to my ears, my friend.
1: (laughs) Carry on. Um, So I I always think that um, you can go either big battles or larger scale. And if you go larger scale, then you can still have really cool games, but you just have to scale down your encounters. And um although i'm sure there was a lot of skirmishing going on in these ancient uh, wars as well um we don't really know much about that right because the the, the um, sources are not there and we only yeah. have the the history that it was written by some few people and they always of course only talk about the big battles so it kind of was clear that for, if, if you want to play ancient, that you have to go for the big battles. I mean, you could also, I guess, just try to imagine what happened in, in the skirmishes, but um, yeah, so we decided that we wanted to, to play the, the battles that we actually have sources for, and then um, you, you have to go with with big battles. And then I think it, it's only natural to go for small scale. and. I also think that um this lends itself well to um 3D printing because or, or let's say three D modeling, because if you're not as talented uh, in the 3D modeling department as, as I am not that talented, um then it's much easier to make small miniatures because you don't have to do all the details. You don't have to yeah. sculpt the, the beard of the of the people and the, the clothes so much and so on. And you can get away with more, um, yeah, just showing the equipment then because that will be everything you see anyway in the smaller scale.
0: Yeah, and that's an interesting point actually because in the larger scales, particularly 28 mil, um, People who, who buy those figures want a different face on every single figure or a, a different uh, a look or uh, a to, to the head or to the body. Whereas um, you can get away with basically the same face, can't you, across the whole range. You don't need to worry about um, doing a different size nose or different size chin or something. Um, And looking at these figures, they are incredible. Are these 3D renders here that we're looking at on the. Uh, Yes. uh, Yeah. So uh, the the detail is just incredible on them. And if I. Well, I've talked about getting a 3D resin printer previously uh, when I spoke to uh, Aaron from Project Wargaming, but this this would be the sort of project that would get me into. uh, 3D resin printing you've got five factions uh, detailed on the on the uh kickstarter campaign at the moment um and did you have stretch goals uh within that
1: no these are the the five uh, on the top these are the um the ones we had planned from the beginning yeah um and then we had like a few stretch goals and yeah, then we were completely steamrolled by the success of the whole campaign. <laughs> and uh, we like smashed through the first set of stretch goals that we had in, I think like one or two days. Wow. And then we had to think about other stuff. And now we actually have kind of a, a sixth faction that we added, which would be like a Hellenic or, or Greek army. Yes. Um. And so you, that, will allow you to play a little bit more because I I mean it's 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 true that we kind of have them here as as five different factions but really there are only two sides uh here right there's yes. the uh the Romans and the Carthaginians and then all the others would be their allies and they wouldn't um really um appear on their own and, yes. and I think the Iberians are pretty much um always on the side of the Carthaginians and then the the Gauls and the Italic uh, kind of switched side a few times um but yeah I, gu- I guess if you wanted to you could always uh also play something else with it where the iberians are fighting the gauls or something
0: <laughs> yes yes a- ancient players uh, do love uh an a historical matchup every now and then where uh, uh ancient uh babylonians will fight imperial romans but uh that, that's not my kind of wargaming. but if that's what people want to do that's absolutely fine but certainly these are within uh, all within a a, um, a similar time period aren't they within the second uh is it the second century bc generally we're uh, at. Yeah,
1: I, I always get confused with the before era yes. where it's like is the second now from 300 to 200 or from 200 to 100.
0: So <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, yeah. So and, but we're talking Hannibal, aren't we? And, right. Uh, yeah. his, his campaign. Um, so the figures then that you've got available on, on the Kickstarter, what, what's the deal? What's the buy in on the Kickstarter to get these figures?
1: Um the files for the figures we have um the the 38 euros i I don't know how much that is in pound um where you basically get everything so you get the full range that was planned at the beginning and all the stretch goals and we also have a a, um, if you only want the romans and the chasagenians you can also get them for 19 euros but then you don't get the stretch goals and to be honest nobody has chosen this uh price point yet yeah. Everybody wants. We had a few people who first uh, chose the nineteen euros, and then two days later switched it to two thirty-eight, so to get everything. Um <laughs> But yeah,
0: I can, I can see why. I, I I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Why you yeah, wouldn't just go in at thirty-eight euros straight away? So uh, it, it makes perfect sense, I think. And it, it looks like uh, you get the complete range with more than fifty percent Kickstarter discount. So. That is an impressive discount.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to, to offer something to people to buy it right now and not later, right? But yeah.
0: And uh, just looking at the uh, pledges that are available, this is an interesting one I'm, I'm looking at, the commercial printing license. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, um... <laughs> tell, me, tell me about that. <laughs> we were, um,
1: like, I mean, uh, we didn't think about this at all, but then we looked at some other... Um, Um, kickstarters for STL files and uh, we talked to some people and this was highly recommended to us that people would want that. And I was, to be honest, I was against it at the beginning because I was like, what, no, that, that sounds like a terrible, like uh, business case to buy a printing license and then sell the figures to someone. So, so that's the idea. People will that have a printer and maybe have a, a shop or something, they will print the figures for someone else and then, sell them to them and um yeah but apparently uh, this is a thing so we have uh, several people now who who bought this and um so i mean that that's maybe good news for you uh if you want to f- uh, want the figures but you don't have a printer um they will be available um later at some point uh to buy from from people that have a printer and sell them
0: but not at the fifty percent discount,
1: though. No, I have no idea what they will sell them at.
0: <laughs> It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I, I, I'm looking at it now. You've got seven people who've, who've bought into that uh, pledge level, so that that is really interesting. I've not I've not seen that idea before, but um, you've obviously done your uh, research, and it, it's something that was uh, recommended. So, uh, so it's a one year license they're purchasing find a look. Yeah. Yes. So uh, at the end of that year, I guess the license expires and then uh, a case to renegotiate, I guess. uh, I guess. I
1: mean, yeah, we're also kind of like feeling this out and we had some people comment that said that, Oh, um, this shouldn't be this way. Uh, There's these other projects where for like 20 bucks more, I get a lifetime license and we're like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's, there's nobody, uh, I think in in sort of the hobby world or um, the, the the geek world as we are that feel more entitled than war gamers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they they think they should get these things if they want it. They think they should get it. But uh, uh, no, I think that's a fantastic deal, absolutely. And uh, that really is a sweet spot pledge level at 38 euros, which uh, it's telling me is 33 pounds, and you get files for uh, five. uh, is it, yes, five um, armies plus all stretch goals. So, uh, and and you can basically print as many figures as you want from that point, can't you, once you've purchased the file. So, um, have you printed many of these figures out yourself yet as sort of concept pieces of art or to play with?
1: Not played yet, unfortunately, but we have printed all of the initial range before we went live to check that everything's working and uh, you can see at the top that there's uh, some painted figures already yes Um, yes i've got those here yeah so i think um the the recommended way to do this is to get a professional um painter to paint your figures beautifully because then they will uh, make people want to have them even more (laughs) um but because we were um impatient and wanted to go and we didn't want to wait for someone we actually painted these ourselves Okay. Um, yeah. You've so do, you've
0: done a good job. I, I, if you told me that these were pref- professionally painted, I would have believed you because they uh, they look very nice.
1: You just have to take the pictures from far away enough. I mean.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So you're giving away the secrets now. Of the industry, <laughs> Felix. We need to uh, keep some of these secrets back from the listeners. <laughs> but no, you've done a, you've done a really good job. Um, and particularly towards the bottom of the page where you've got the Roman. Equite, is it i think i don't know if that's the right pronunciation yes, yeah. uh in 10 mil scale they they are looking beautiful um and uh yes i'm wishing i had a 10 a, a resin print <laughs> <laughs> down this page because um if this is your first experience of uh creating these files then um Goodness knows where you're going to be once uh, you you know what you're doing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did some some stuff before, so I I did some uh, modeling for uh, my um, Warhammer army actually yeah. for the 40k yeah. because, um, you know these are very expensive.
0: <laughs> they are very expensive, but there's a long there's a lot of difference between a Space Marine and an Etruscan uh, soldier with a spear and a, a shield. So, uh, uh, yeah, I I have to commend you on it. Um, So people get these files uh, at at the end of the Kickstarter. Are they able to scale up or down?
1: Yeah, so we are going to have them pre-scaled for 6, 10, and uh, 15 millimeters. Um, And this is mostly necessary because you don't want to scale the base, especially in the thickness, right? You don't want it to become thicker and thicker. Um, but I think, yeah, norm like people can, of course, also scale them themselves and, um, our files will be, um, editable to a certain extent. So for example, if you, uh, know a little bit your way around 3d modeling software, and this doesn't have to be like something rather professional, like blender or something, there's, um, other software that's much easier to use, um, and where you can do basic stuff like, I don't know, you could even switch out the helmets or, um, uh, we had some people who wanted, uh, for the phalanx, um, for the Greek phalanx, where they have these really long pikes, uh, who wanted to not print the pikes, but replace them with wire and to do something like that would be very easy. You would just have to go into the file, remove the pikes um that are there and then you can print them without um for the fact we're going to um also have them without pikes for for people um who want to do that but in general you could you know modify them and and scale them and um, that's of course all fine uh, if you if you do it for yourself
0: I've um I've been in this hobby I suspect longer than you've been alive, uh, Felix. I'll let I'll let you be the judge of that. I've been in this hobby thirty five years, um, playing with, two soldiers. I don't know if that's longer than you've been alive, but I sus- not
1: longer, but <laughs> exactly equally as long. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, I suspected it, it must be pretty close. But the if if thirty five years ago when I first started, um, I I knew there was a. a uh, a method by which I could not only buy figures that I could then print at home on this magic device that um, you press a button and figures appear, but then I could also edit them and and make them to how I want then uh, well that that 's the stuff of Star Wars or Star Trek. I think I would have been uh, that 's what I would have thought back then, but it 's an incredible. Uh, technology, isn't it, for the hobby? I think this uh, 3D printing.
1: Yeah, and I, I think especially, you know, people say, "Oh, uh, Games Workshop uh, will go out of out of business in ten years because everybody will print their own models." And I, I don't think that's going to happen because um, it's not that easy to to make these cool models that they have and to to print them, especially. With the resin printer and and also with the filament printers, you have to always have the support of the figures, right? If if they have an outstretched arm, then um, because the printer builds everything up in layers, and then if there's nothing below a part, then there's nothing to layer upon, and then it will not work. And then you will have to add support structures. And this can be a real hassle. Uh, The more complicated the figures are, the more difficult this gets. Um, so, and, and you know how, how crazy these, uh, figures get these fantasy and science fiction figures, but, but for the small scale historical figures, I think they also have the real advantage there that, um, they are pretty easy in, 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 in a way they're because they're real, right? They're not gonna be as crazy as, as fantasy or, or science fiction figures. And um, so for our figures, most of them actually don't need support. So it's, it's very easy to print them. You can just um, yeah load them onto your printer and then go with it and you can take them out and then they um, work directly, most of them.
0: Uh, that's really interesting so if you had a spearman with a horizontal spear or pike would would that be more of an issue than yeah. uh if it was in the vertical position
1: yeah the the vertical position is, is the biggest problem um and so you always so what, what we opted for you can always just make some support structures and put them under there and then you can also print that um, but it's a bit tricky. You need to make sure that you have all the supports, right? Otherwise you will have just a, a hole in your spear and it will be in two parts, or it will have a little bit lost on, on the, on the bottom side of the spear. There will be some loss of, of um, actual substance there. Um, and, and we, we opted here to try to minimize this because this always means that you have to remove the supports then afterwards. And you have to be very careful when you do that so that you cut them off correctly so that you don't leave a little bit because then your spear will have a little bump. But you also have to be careful that you don't actually break off the spear and so on. And um, so most or, or almost all of the infantry poses here are specifically designed so that they don't need any supports and um if you if you know this and you look a little bit you can see that you know the spear tip is always resting on the shield or on the ear of the horse or something like that or or it's going up diagonally which is is also fine um and so that's that's how we get around this support problem
0: but the, the animation that you have is just wonderful isn't it the the flowing cloaks particularly on the um Hannibal's army general staff you can see the f- the flowing cloak there which has got real animation and movement in it as have the horses um you you've really gone to town on on the poses and the animation by the looks of it
1: yeah i mean that's uh, also i think the if you compare these to metal uh, miniatures then um they are finer i i would say i'm always uh, not right quite sure how to say that in, in in english they're more detailed but like they're just thinner in a way you know they don't they're not so bulky and this is something we can do with a printer that i think is very difficult to achieve with um with metal casting um and I think that there's probably other things that you can do better with with metal, for example, horizontal spears. Um, But um, yeah, you have a lot of options um, for for thinner, more uh, fine structures. And um, you also have the advantage that you can do all the design on the computer. And so a a flowing um, cloak like that, uh, it's actually a, a a part of the software. So we used Blender for this, and it basically has a, a, a plugin where it helps you to um, um, animate a cloth. So you yeah. basically just tell it, okay, this part of the figure should be cloth, and then you kind of let it run for a little, and it kind of tries to um, um, compute how that would look then. And um, so you have have this advantage.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is impressive, and there's certain little details. As I'm looking at the figures, for instance, on the um, mounted figures, uh, where you have the uh, the reins of the horse and and the the bend of the neck, you've actually got a gap there between the neck and the uh, head of the horse, which in metal, in a metal sculpt, would invariably be filled in with metal, because it'd be impossible to cast that in the traditional way. Um, so it, it looks, it always looks a bit odd to me on, on 15 mil, 10 mil, six mil figures, but you've absolutely got, there's a real, there's a realism ab- about the sculpts, which I'm really enjoying looking at.
1: Yeah. The, the reins are funny because they actually, uh, help holding the head, right? As I said, okay. the head, the start <laughs> So there is the support. Head, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, the the head would not work this way without the without the reins because it it cannot be built on anything. But because the reins are connected to the body and then they go up to the head, then the head starts from the reins. So um, that that works. Then again,
0: yeah, it's 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 really um, it 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 does bring that that sort of realism to what are toy soldiers at the end of the day. But the the fact that you've got that as a little detail, and similarly in between the cloak and the, the back of the mounted figure. Um, you, you can see straight through as opposed to in, in metal, in traditional casting, that would invariably be filled with uh, a lump of metal, and and uh, you wouldn't get that effect. But um, So uh, this is going to be a really daft question now, and I do apologize. Um, with traditional 15mm, 10mm figures, uh, spears and shields can come separately. Um, but these are sculpted on onto the figure, aren't they? There's there's no separate shield or spear.
1: Yes, they they come as they're completely in one piece. The figures, yes.
0: yeah, they're integral, and I think that works really well with the Numidian skirmishers in that they're, they're carrying two or three uh, spears each, uh, as they would have done, uh, or javelins rather, uh, as they would have done uh, before going into battle. So they look really excellent. Um, so. What was the original aim of the Kickstarter then, Felix? When when you set out, uh, what was your wildest dream that you're going to achieve?
1: Well, we, we had looked at, there is a, um, a very cool Kickstarter as well. And I, I think now you can also buy them um, uh, by, um, I forgot his first name, but he's called Turner. Um, and he does this um, American Civil War. Uh, range. And he also did some um, um, Age of Sail ships actually before then that I actually printed some of them for, for Black Seas. And um, so he, I think he got um, a bit above 7,000 pounds. And so we were looking at that, but we were like, yeah, okay, but that's American Civil War and that guy is really good and he had all the ship stuff before. So we're, we're not going to get there. But that was kind of like our, our dream scenario. And and then we, but we also, we really, really had no idea what, where we were going to go with this. And, um, we really saw that, okay, maybe this is only something that really like 10 people are interested in. And so we, we set our initial goal to 500 euros. Um, yeah, but that, uh was reached within thirty eight minutes.
0: Thirty-eight uh, minutes. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> and it's actually gone out up whilst we've been talking. <laughs> uh because it's very nearly uh six thousand pounds now. It's five thousand nine hundred and sixty pounds. Um I don't I can't quite do the maths on that to convert, but um you you must be absolutely blown away
1: by yeah, the it, response. It, we, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't really really know what to say. It's uh, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's clearly testament to uh, the quality of the work that you put in, and there's a market out there for them. It's um, yeah, it's incredibly it, impressive.
1: And it's not only the money, you know, it's also the the response from people. There's like so many people who wrote us and are interested in this project. There was a. a historian who's uh, interested in uh, Romans, and who just contacted us and just wanted to talk to us about the historical accuracy of our figures. And um, yeah, and then when we asked for stretch goals, what what other stretch goals could we do um, when our first set ran out? Uh, there were so many suggestions and people were so interested and uh, so happy to come up with all of these kind of ideas, which fortunately we will not be able to do all of them, but. But um, yeah, it's it's great.
0: Not be able to do them yet or never?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, who knows? We, we are, of course, thinking about other projects that we could do. Um, and yeah, some of the ideas that people had um, considering other ancient topics are definitely um, something that could happen in the future and um, yeah. It's Uh, also, it's interesting because I think this is something that a lot of people are looking into at the moment, this kind of uh, printing of figures, and especially for the small scales, as I said, there was the um, um, American Civil War one. Um, I saw that um, there's also some for um, uh, 1066, so the the invasion, the Norman invasion uh, of England, and some other things. So I think there will be a lot of uh, development in this in the future, not not only from us.
0: Yeah, sure. I, I've done a quick conversion for you. You can probably see it already, but um, from uh, the conversion I've just done, you're at €6,906. Euro. So uh, not too far off the 7000 <laughs> uh, that you were hoping for in your wildest dreams. And you've still got it. This Kickstarter finishes on the 25th of May, Tuesday, the 25th of May, um, and it says 10.59pm. That's British summertime. Um, So uh, still a way to go yet. Let's see if we can get you over that uh, 7,000 euro mark. Um, So you've mentioned there about possible plans for the future, that uh, this might not be a one-off gig for you uh
1: no i mean this is definitely something that we're going to do in the future especially also because we probably are going to have another topic that we're interested in and then we want miniatures again and uh then we're going to make them and then there will be miniatures to kickstart again
0: yeah yeah well as somebody who is um in the, in the IT industry and, uh, knowledge of the 3d printing method. Where, where do you see this going in five or 10 years time? What do you, where do you think we'll be?
1: Why, I, I wouldn't say that I, <laughs> <if> I have <laughs> any insight in that. I think, uh, other than, than my hobby, um, I'm, I'm more in, in science and biology, but, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's very, very hard to predict. Um, I have heard some people that were kind of, um, not so happy with it anymore because especially with the resin printing you have the uh, the smell and it's uh, not very healthy the resin if you uh, get it on your skin or uh, god forbid in in your lungs or something so you have to be careful with it and um, especially if you don't have a a house or or a garden or a a workshop in, in some kind of way it can be um quite um obnoxious but on the other hand also this is getting better right they they are working always of course on improving these kinds of problems and um I, as far as i heard the the resin that we're using today is already much much less smelly and much less bad for you than what has been used a few years ago so i think could still uh, improve in that direction and i think that's the the main thing that usability um question and and like the the um Things that are happening, I saw something where they had a basically a three d printer on a conveyor belt so that you could basically print in like um forever you know there was a conveyor belt going under the printer, so it would move away the stuff that was just printed and then you it could continue and yeah. These are all like prototypes, of course, but I think there's a lot of potential
0: um one discussion i had with uh aaron from project wargaming was do you think there'll ever be uh full color 3d printing or will the technology is, is that the scope do you think for the technology to be created to for three color uh, sorry full color printing so you wouldn't have to paint your figures I don't know. I
1: mean, there's, I know that with, um, filament printers, you can do that. You can change the filament in between, and then you have multiple colors, right? You first print something with red and then you print on top with yellow. But of course this would be very, um, primary colors. And it would only work if, if the model lends itself that, you know, there's red at the bottom and then yellow at the top or something. Mm. Um, and and with the resin, I I don't see how that would work. But on the other hand, I'm not an engineer, and I cannot uh, predict what uh, the crazy people will come up yeah. with. And uh, <laughs> but I I'm not sure I would want that. You know, I mean, painting is part of the hobby as well. Yes,
0: yeah, it is, it is. I I did have a a, a little bet with Aaron that there will be a, a kid somewhere in school uh, who is some sort of. Um, genius that will come up with this technology uh within sort of the next generation that we never thought we could put a man on the moon but apparently we did Uh, so uh who who knows what's out there with this technology it's fascinating to see and um the the quality of these uh, renders that you have are, are just incredible and i'm so impressed with it um i i would I would run out tomorrow and buy a 3D printer just to uh, get involved with it but uh, I've got to congratulate you because uh, for a first time um project on Kickstarter to well goodness me you've you smashed the original goal of 500 euros and you're closing in on 7000 euros now so um that that is some effort um so the Kickstarter finishes on the 25th of May how soon will uh, backers get the files into their inboxes.
1: Well, as quickly as possible. So, I mean, we—I have seen that some other projects um, have some waiting times there because I, I think the way it works is that then Kickstarter, you know, you know, because the money only gets charged once it's funded. So then, Kickstarter will do the charging, and apparently this can take some time. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try to, to be as quick as possible. And yeah, I, my goal would be to, to, yeah, be done with it in, in like a few days after, after the campaign is finished, we will see how it works out, but it will definitely be uh, very quick, not for the stretch goals, of course, because we have to first model them. <laughs> yes. 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 As,
0: as work started on those yet.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. So um yeah. there's some updates on the Kickstarter page uh, where you can see um some some of the things that we have already done
0: uh right yes i've I've reached the bottom of the page now yes um so uh, my experience of Kickstarters is that um I will be very excited for the the project the Kickstarter project, and I'll pledge however much it is that I pledge, and then I have to wait a year. Uh, for the product to arrive by which time I've probably got bored and moved on to something else uh, but this you're we're almost getting instant satisfaction here then uh, so uh, you say within a matter of days if that goes to a matter of weeks then I'm, I'm sure most people will think that is a, a, a fantastic turnaround so uh, we haven't got that that year-long gap that people are, tend to be used to within uh, the kickstarter model.
1: Yeah, that's the advantage of a digital, right? We can, yeah.
0: can <laughs> yeah, send it's, it. It's the click of a button, isn't it? As opposed to having to pack thousands of miniatures and, and send them out through uh, some courier service.
1: Yeah, or even produce
0: them first. Yes, yeah. Um, okay, so um, where can people, other than the Kickstarter page, uh, which I will put the links up to in the show notes, where can people uh, hear more about what Warprinter are doing?
1: Uh, well, you can look on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're too old for TikTok, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> Even you're too old, Felix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: we, we barely made it to Instagram. but ah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just scraped com- in. <laughs> very confused by that.
0: Yes, yes, me too.
1: Um, and um, there's a nice page called uh, Wargaming 3D, where um, it's kind of a marketplace for um STL files. So this will be where the um, files will be available for purchase uh, afterwards. If you didn't manage to get in on the Kickstarter, we will have them there for slightly higher price. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, these files will be available to retail uh, once the Kickstarter is finished. So that, That's really good news. Yeah.
1: And and we will find out how this uh, people printing them and selling them works. So I, we have no idea yet, but we'll get in contact with the people who have the commercial licenses and figure out uh, how this will um, yeah, be uh, good for people to get the, the yeah. figures if they don't have a
0: printer. Yes, yes, which, which might be me or might not be by the end of tonight, <laughs> if, if I get too tempted. Um, Felix Smith, fantastic speaking to you. Uh, thanks so much for giving up your time.
1: Yeah, it was great. Thank you for
0: having um, me. Yeah, I, I wish you every success. And it doesn't look like you need much of my support <laughs> because uh, you're, 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 you've you you smashed through uh, your goal. But um, normally when I have a guest on, I do ask uh, two things. One is that uh, you'll come back on again at some point in the future when uh, you've, you've got something else to talk about. I, I don't know if you'd be up for that.
1: Yeah, I would be happy.
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic news. And perhaps bring uh, uh, Lucas on as well, and, and, and I can practice my very poor German, and he can practice his English. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, the, and the second thing is, and I haven't primed you for this, so do not fear if, if you can't answer this question, but uh, I normally ask for a recommendation uh, for a, a book on military history or wargaming or or the hobby uh, to go on the on the shelves of what I call the god's own scale virtual library so it's a book recommendation. To yeah. listeners. Um,
1: I, I mean, I have listened to your podcasts. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. I,
0: I didn't like to assume. <laughs> oh,
1: no, no. Of course. I, I'm a fan. Oh, um, good. Good, good. But so, so I have come prepared. You can prepared. definitely come back. You can definitely uh, come I
0: back. Come. <laughs> <laughs> I have come prepared. Oh, fantastic. Great. So what have you got for us then, Felix? Um,
1: I have. Uh, it's called uh, Vauban and the French milita- Military under Louis XIV, uh, or Louis XIV, I guess. Uh, uh, by Jean-Denis Lepage. And it has nothing to do with uh, Hannibal or ancient or anything, but um, and this is um, one other interest where I basically, from when I wanted to build some terrain for Black Seas, and I looked at the uh, kind of fortifications that they would have had, and then I got very interested in this um, uh, Vauban-style uh, star, um, um, fortifications and uh, yeah it, it's a fantastic book. it's really um, it's um, has lots of illustrations which uh, show different kinds of um, cities and fortresses and also all of the the theory behind these kind of geometrical fortifications and so on and uh, it's very nice.
0: Excellent. well, that book will uh, take pride of place uh, on the God's Own scale virtual library shelves, so thanks very much for that. Um, okay, so uh, today is the 19th of May, uh, 2021. Uh, as we've said, we've got six days left to run. This, this uh, episode will be up maybe within the hour or, or two hours at the most. So uh, listen out for it, Felix, and uh, share it across uh, your various platforms with you uh, talking so eloquently, and your English is impeccable my friend, Um, so congratulations on getting across, and thank you for not asking me to do the interview in German, (laughs) that would have been a very poor, a very short interview, actually, (laughs) it would have been very short, but uh, thanks very much for coming on, Felix, I'll say auf Wiedersehen, bis bald, tschüss, and until we speak again.
1: Yeah, goodbye, thanks for having me.
2: The smile on his lips and his left And then upon his shoulders Right and gay As the train moved out he said Remember me To all the birds Then he wagged his paw And went away to all Shouting out these pathetic words Goodbye Goodbye Wanker oh, so dear baby dear from your eye Though it's hard to part I know, I know I'll be even the we don't cry Don't sigh There's a silver in the sky Bonsoir, things, cheerio, chin, chin, Nabu, to glue, goodbye. At the concert Down at you Some convalescent Dressed in blue At to hear yeah. Lady Lee Who had turned 83 Sing all the old Old songs She knew made a speech and say, I look upon you boys with pride, and for what you've done, I'm going to kiss each one, then they all grab their sticks and cry. good goodbye. good-bye, a dear, baby, dear, from your eyes, though it's hard to start, I know, I know, I feel, because the death to go, don't cry, don't cry. Lining in the sky Bonsoir, old city, karaoke Nah, boo, too, blue goodbye. Little private Patrick saw He was the prisoner of war Till the hand with the gun Called his tea dog for fun and Paddy punched him on the door Right across the barbed wire fence The German drop said, dear, oh dear all the while gave way and fairly yelled uh, hooray as he ran for the Dutch frontier. Goodbye, goodbye. cry, don't cry. Oh, I've a deer from your eyes. Though it's hard to pass, I, I know, know, I know. I'll see. Single and it's a goat. Don't cry, don't cry. There's a silver lining in the sky. One powerful thing, period.